0: All right. Everybody's surviving uh, the coronavirus. Looks like you guys are all well, live and here, kicking. Good to see everybody. Glad you came out today. Uh, my life has been kind of crazy. We're moving. Maybe you know that. And uh, so what I've been doing a lot during the day is taking things off of a shelf, wrapping it up and putting it in a box. Taking things off the shelf, wrapping it up, putting it in a box. Taking things off the shelf, wrapping it up and putting, it in, a shelf, it up and putting it in a box. Taking it off the shelf wrapping it up and putting it in a box, picking up things, putting them in a box and wrapping them up, and that that's kind of my day. That's kind of my day, picking up stuff and moving it around. And it's exhausting, let me just tell you, I'm exhausted. I'm just completely wiped out. I'm really, 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 really tired. It's exhausting to move. We already took a load over there, and uh, it's just hard loading up that truck. I had a lot of help doing that. We're, we're doing that again tomorrow night. Tomorrow night at 6 o'clock, loading another truck just um, Mark, I'm sorry, your arms banged up there. I had a refrigerator that I needed help with. Um, and uh, just, it's tiring. So working very hard, working very hard during the day to do these things. But then what I find myself doing in the evening is uh, I climb back onto the couch. I kind of melt into the couch. And I grab my favorite, the uh, haagen whatever that might be. And I sit there and I eat a half of one of those tubs of haagen or maybe some briars and and so I'm working really hard and doing kind of a good exercise thing during the day. But then in the evening, I find myself just kind of melting into the couch and uh, eating uh, saturated fats by the bucket full. Okay, and so not a good thing, not a good thing. And uh, some of you guys, what you're experiencing in the uh, this uh, Corona deal, some of you, I know that your workload has increased tremendously. I know, especially if you're in education right now, Uh, The expression is you're learning how to fly the plane at the same time that you're building the plane, right? You're figuring out how to do homeschooling and uh, getting these resources into people's hands. Some of you, because of this thing, are working a lot harder right now than you've had to work uh, before, and that's true. There's a lot of hard, hard work in front of you. Some of you, you, I know that uh, you're unemployed right now, and you're receiving unemployment benefits, and you have more free time on your hands and you know what to do with. Some of, you know, maybe you've seen people on Facebook and they got these projects that are going on. Maybe you saw the places like uh, uh, Home Depot and Lowe's and Sherwin-Williams Paint. Uh, they're up some 20 plus percent in sales and people are painting and cleaning and doing projects. because they have more free time than they, they know what to do with right now. Some of you are kind of in that boat. Some of you guys are working really, really hard right now. Some of you guys have more free time And uh, and you know what to do with it. And here's here's what I know. Spiritually, spiritually, for some of you, this time right now is very, very hard. You have a lot of questions. Uh, Your world's been turned upside down. It's very, very difficult for you right now because of the things that are going on. Here's what I know. I've heard from you. Uh, For some of you, you have more free time on your hands and you don't know what to do with. And maybe you feel in in your soul that you are not taking advantage. You used to say things to yourself like, well, I really don't have time to have a Bible study. I really don't have time to have a prayer life. And now you have all this free time on your hands and you're realizing, oh, spiritually, spiritually. Some of you, it's very, very difficult. Some of you are battling with this. And some of you have more free time. Here's what I can tell you. Uh, we would all do well. This morning, I want, to talk about, I want to talk about three attitudes. Three attitudes that can tear us down. I'm, I'm moving. I'm moving. I'm picking up stuff. And I can tell it's making me stronger, picking up stuff and moving it around. making me stronger. Uh, I'm not as achy as I was the first week that I was doing this. It's making me stronger. But I also know that probably sitting down there eating that ice cream is making me weaker. And during this time, here's what i have to tell you, spiritually, spiritually we can have attitudes in our heart that tear us down, spiritually they tear us down. But we can also do things, uh, we can also have some habits that we form that will help us to be stronger, stronger, stronger in our spirit. So I want to talk about those things. If you. Have- Indulgence weakens my spirit. Self-indulgence weakens my spirit. Uh, maybe you remember Second Samuel chapter 11. We read about King David in the Old Testament, and uh, it says in chapter 11 that uh, during the time of the season, uh, David was supposed to be out with his uh, with his soldiers, with his generals, with his army. This time, uh, he was supposed to be engaged in a war against his enemies. Uh, David, he kind of made a choice to be a little bit self-indulgent, right? He was up on the rooftop, probably enjoying the day like today. could it be a more beautiful day? This is a perfect, perfect day. Here's King David, and he's got all oh, the, he's a king, he's got free time, he's looking around. He, see, he looks down, he sees Bathsheba, and uh, she's taking a bath, and he moves forward into, into that indulgence in his life and calls her up to his room. And you know the story. Uh, that story just ends in disaster after disaster after disaster because David decided he was going to be uh, self-indulgent. Maybe you remember the book of Jonah, the story of Jonah. And you remember that uh, Jonah was just kind of minding his own business and God shows up and says, I want you to go and I want you to preach to the people in Nineveh I want you to go there and I want you to tell them about me. I want you to tell them to repent and come to me. But uh, maybe you remember Jonah, he had something else on his mind. He didn't really like those people. He didn't want to go there. He had better ideas. So he gets on a, a boat going off to Tarsus, right? And uh, and so he heads completely in the other direction. Maybe uh, you remember the way that that story ends. He ends up inside uh, the inside of this big sea monster out there, this fish that's, that swallows him up, ends up getting spit up on the shore. And That thing, that is just a horrible story for, for Jonah. They, go, gets, throws, they, throw, they throw off a perfectly good boat, right? that sort of didn't go well when, when Jonah decided to be self-indulgent maybe you remember in the, in the book of Numbers chapter twenty. Moses is called to lead the, uh, the, the people out of Egypt the nation of Israel they're, they're in Egypt for a long time God says we're going we're to set them free we're going to let them go he sends those plagues Pharaoh finally says alright let them go God moves his heart and moves through the Red Sea out into the wilderness and they're wandering around wandering around wandering around and then the people begin to complain and bellyache. Uh, uh, we're so thirsty. We're so hungry. We need something. Why did God bring us out here just to kill us? And Moses, you need to do something about this. It's a horrible situation that we're in. And what does uh, uh, God says? Okay, I'll give you something to drink. And Moses says, remember last time I had to strike that rock over there. talk to that rock. Walk with him, come on that rock. We're going we're gonna to provide for all these people. That's what we're going to do. We're going to take care of that. Meanwhile, Moses, he's just done He's had enough of these whining, belly aching people, and every people whining and moaning and complaining about the situation that they were in. If they were in charge, they could have done a better job. If they would just listen to me, everything would have been okay. Because we all know that the people that are in charge have no idea what they're doing. And if they would and then and so Moses is had enough, and Moses in his anger, he goes over there and he just looks and he takes his he takes his staff and he strikes that rock and the water comes in, and God says, Oh Moses, I have a different plan. had This was my plan, not your plan. My plan, not your plan. But Moses, he fell into that trap, and he kind of self indulgent it weakens his spirit. Here's what I can tell you. The Bible is full of story after story after story after story of people that just were self-indulgent, and it ends in disaster when God has given them a specific instruction. All along. Here's what I want you to know. Think about this. Living by your feelings is dangerous. Feelings don't ask questions like this. Is this action going to strengthen my spirit or tear it down? Is this going to build me up spiritually? Or is it going to pull me down spiritually? Here's a question. Does this sound familiar? This sound, you know there's that old saying, right? If it feels good, do it. If it feels good, do it. If it feels good, I'm going to do it. Um, uh, you ever heard the expression, you know, I deserve this. I deserve it I work so hard, I deserve this. I, I owe it to myself. I owe it to myself. You know what the modern uh, translation of all of those things are, right? I'm going to live by my own truth. I'm going to live by my own truth. My own truth means if it feels good to me, then that's what I get to do. I get to be self-indulgent. I get to live my own truth. Question. What do you know in your life is wrong? and keep saying I owe it to myself just this once it's okay you're actually opening the door to self-indulgence Not a few years back my wife and I had an opportunity we went on a couple of cruises everybody on a cruise Give me headlight flash we have ever on a cruise. Some of you guys got to run back, get in your car, flashlights, get back in your lawn chair. All right, you ever been on a cruise? You've been on a cruise? People on a cruise? You've been on a cruise? And they've been on a cruise out there, and uh, you've had the experience where you're in this big boat. There might be, you know, 4,000 of your closest friends there with you, and, and uh, you are you can walk the perimeter of the upper deck, and you can look out, and you look out into the ocean, and for as far as you can see, there's nothing but water. You can't see land anywhere. You can't see another boat Anywhere. All as you can see is water. Can you imagine being on a boat like that? And the uh, captain comes out, Oh, and gentlemen, I I'd like to you. Our boat has uh, developed. It's just a small leak. We're taking on water. Don't worry. It's just a small leak. We're out here. and No, you can't see the shore. It's just a small leak. Very relaxed. Everything is going to be okay. How many of you are like, alright, let's get to the closest port right now. Because we don't want this thing to sink, right? Sometimes in our lives, we allow roots in our life to sink us. We think it's going to be okay. I'm gonna, it's just this one time. I'm going to indulge in this thing, and ultimately it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to sink the spirit. We know that's true. We know that these statements are true. Just because I want something doesn't mean I should have it. Just because I can afford it doesn't mean I should buy it. And just because it's fun, doesn't mean I should do it. And just because everybody else is doing it, doesn't mean that I have to. First Peter chapter 4, verse 2 says this. If you're a Christian, you don't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires. But you will be anxious to do the will of God. Here's what I know. Self-indulgence can weaken our spirit. Self-indulgence can weaken our spirit. Here's another uh, attitude that might, we might have that would weaken our spirit. Uh, resentment. Resentment weakens our spirit. Anybody resent anybody out there right now? Are you kind of frustrated with the, things, the way things are going right now? Do you have any resentment kind of welling up inside of you? And, and again, you can look around and say, if I was in charge, I could do it much, much better. Is there resentment there? I'll tell you a guy who knew a lot about resentment. King Saul. King Saul. King Saul knew a lot about resentment. He could not stand David. David was this young buck that was moving up and, and the influence and authority and, uh, people were paying more attention to his tweets than they were paying attention to Saul's tweets and people were getting a little bit jealous of the fact that uh, Saul or that David was uh, maybe more influential than, uh, than Saul Saul was being jealous about that and listen to this uh, King Saul, he lived in a continual state of disappointment and anger and resentment and bitterness he felt misunderstood he felt disappointed he felt uh, violent About everything, he reacted violently to everything. He had a victim mentality question. Do you have that? Do you have that? The attitude that people are against you, and you're a victim to the world. This is going to cause you to be weak in spirit. You cannot have a resentful attitude. Saul, uh, he had that. Saul wanted David dead. Now maybe you resent some people right now, and uh, maybe you feel like uh, Saul did. You know that on a couple of occasions, King Saul, he grabs his spear, probably spent the whole uh, night sharpening up the tip on that thing, and dreaming and thinking about how he was going to throw that thing at Saul, and he was going to pierce his heart and drop him right there in the spot. And can you imagine that Saul throwing that spear right at David, who he did not like? Can you imagine if he would actually hit him, and he would have pierced his heart and dropped David right there on the spot? Do you think that Saul would have went to bed that night, and just with a big grin on his face, feeling so much better about uh, who he was? Do you think Saul would have went to bed that night thinking, oh, finally, all of my dreams have come true, and I will rest easy for all of my days now that I have eliminated the person that I resent? think that would have happened at all. I think that Saul would have continued to live the rest of his life uh, realizing oh, that I didn't solve any of the issues that I have. Uh, maybe that made uh, one thing kind of go away, but now I have a whole nother bag full of things that are in my mind because of what I did. I believe with all my heart that you cannot deal with it in that way, right? Let me ask you this. Who or what has hurt you that you're holding on to? You need to let it go. Every single one of us has hurts in our life. Every single one of us has gone through very, very difficult things. And if you feel like you haven't, you will. They're coming. It's true. It's going to happen. Listen, do you know anything about hardship or difficulty? When you think about hardship and difficulty in Scripture, uh, often uh, we as Christians, believers in Jesus Christ, don't think about Jesus dying on the cross for us. In the Old Testament, who comes to your mind? Who's someone who suffered greatly in the Old Testament? Anybody? Let me just uh, start with the J and end with the O. Anybody remember? Anybody think of anybody in the Old Testament that suffered greatly? And uh, you heard of guy. Of course, you know who Job is. Listen to what Job said. He says, "You're Job, chapter eighteen, verse four. You're only hurting yourself with anger. Listen to this. Resentment always hurts you more than it hurts somebody else." ever pick up a big rock, drop it on your foot, expecting it to hurt somebody else? Doesn't really work that way, does it? Here's what Job said. Job said, to worry yourself to death with resentment would be foolish, senseless thing to do. Let me tell you, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 11 says, A fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. We do well. To not live a life of self-indulgence, we do uh, well to live a life that is not filled with resentment. Write this one down, number three. We do well to not live careless. Carelessness weakens our spirit. Carelessness weakens. Uh, you know Solomon. Solomon uh, probably you know he probably put Bill Gates' wealth to shame, right? That's so wealthy. Uh, world influencer, people from all around the world came to sit at his feet and listen to him teach, the wisest man to live. He had it all, could do it all. There was nothing he could not do. All of the money he can think of. All of the freedoms he can think of. He could do anything he wanted. He was the king with all of those resources. could do what you know what I feel like? Uh, sometimes uh, when I'm just of on my couch, and I have my favorite ice cream and I get to stroll through and watch oh, whatever you know, Netflix show, and sometimes I feel like the king, but, but I'm not the king. King with the king, Solomon was the king, and he could do whatever, whenever, however. He had all of those freedoms constantly. What do we know about Solomon, the conclusion of his life? He just leans back, says to himself, I tried it all, said it all. I saw it all. Done it all. Built it end. Yeah. If you were here last week, maybe you remember we read this verse. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7. The fear of the Lord, that is the respect or the reverence of the Lord, is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise biblical wisdom and instruction. Question, what are you doing with the time that you know is destructive? What indulgences are you indulging in? What habits are you allowing to take root extra free time I would just like to suggest that you jump in description. jump in description. here's what we know um, people people that fall off cliffs you ever hear these stories of people falling off a cliff and sometimes they're in the news people falling off a cliff and you think how do you fall off a cliff I mean you can see the cliff right and uh, there, how do people fall off, to fall off a cliff they get too close to the edge they get too close to the edge they don't stay back from the edge they get too close to the edge How do people fall into sin? Ah, They think think that they can manage the edge. They think they can manage the edge. We can't manage the edge. We have to stay away from sinful indulgences in our life. We've got to push back on that. Sometimes we have to have people in our life that we can pull into our life and say, My temptation is is to to stand on the edge. Will you help me stay away from the edge? Because all I want to do is stand on the edge. We have to go to people and bring them around us and help us to do that. Listen to this. To be strong spiritually, have right attitudes. And we must develop good habits. Good habits spiritually. I want to go to three habits. I'm confident that you have your outline there. You can write this one down. Habit number one. Get time with God every day. Get time with God every day. Why would we do that? Because psalm says this. Chapter 25, verse 4. Show me the path that I should go, O Lord. Point out the right road. For me to walk that means scripture points us in the right direction scripture points us in the right direction i hear uh, people are hurting uh, some of you have uh, uh, texted me and emailed me and reached out to me and this is a very difficult and frustrating time for you i want to encourage you to get into the word and be drawn closer be drawn closer to our Father who has all of these things in his hand. When should I do that? In book of Luke, chapter six five, verse sixteen says, Jesus often, 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 Jesus often withdrew to a lonely place and prayed. The word often literally means it's habitual. He made a habit of being, being time alone with God. That's what Jesus did. What should we do? The book of John, chapter fifteen, verse four, says. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. That means get into scripture and read by your Bible. Here's another habit that we need to make sure that we are developing. We have extra free time right now. We need to do this. Get together with believers Every week. Get together with them saying, how do we do that in this Corona time? Well, here's what we need to do. We need to get together with believers every week. Uh, Did you do your homework? Uh, Last week, I I just tried to encourage you to to, uh, open up your Bible. And I said there's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. I asked you if you would be willing to read a chapter a day. And then I asked you to have an accountability partner, and you would do that. Have you done that? Uh, We gave everybody, I tried to give everybody, it might have been a few short, a daily bread. We said, uh, read one of those articles in the Daily Bread and then share that article with somebody. Do that. You know what that means? That means you're trying to reach out and get with some other people every week. Why would we do that? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Let us not give up the habit of meeting together. Instead, let us encourage each other. Well, When when do we do that? How often? What's that look like? Well, look at Acts chapter 5, verse 42. They met day after day in the temple courts. And they met from house to house. And the temple courts, man, they got together and they had church. They got together and they had church. You know what? It's crazy. They had had church. Uh, uh, Yesterday I was uh, in the morning, pulled in the parking lot. We saw, took a picture. The parking lot was absolutely jam-packed full. Absolutely jam-packed full. There were hundreds, hundreds of people in the store. And uh, just crazy, crazy, crazy. I've been looking forward to the days where uh, we get to walk through that door. Right? We need to walk through that door over there. And so at Temple Courts, they met in the Temple Courts. We, and they also met house to house. They met house to house. And so what's that mean? They had a large group setting where they come together as a church. But they also met in each other's home. You know what that means today in the corona time? Uh, that meant that they had parking lot church, and they and they texted each other. They house to house, and in a big group. They had parking lot church together, and they texted each other, and they stayed close to each other that way. And so what that means, that means... Get together and with believers every week. What's that look like? Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. Two are better off than one because together they're more effective. As one falls down, the other can help them up. last habit that we need to make sure that we're on top of, if we're going to be building our spirit, is simply this. Give a tithe to God every week chapter 14 says be sure to set aside a tenth of all so that you may learn to revere the Lord your God always. That means don't revere your money more than God. That means put God on the throne where he should be and be there. When should we do that? 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verse 2 it says on the first day of the week set aside some of what you've earned and give it as an offering. So what's that look like? Give with the right heart. Give with the right heart. Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. Wherever your treasure is, your heart will be also. Awesome. It's important that we continue to give during this time. It seems a little bit awkward. And, uh, Berlin church is, uh, in a transition, a countryside Christian church where I'm is in a transition. And we're all trying to figure out how to do church outside. And we think, well, uh, we're not there and we're not inside, but there are still things that need to be tended to. And so we want to encourage you to continue to give. And how, what's that look like? How do you do that? Well, in a little while here, you're going to have the opportunity to drive up and give. And maybe that's the way you do it. And maybe you're watching online and, I uh, uh, just want to encourage you, uh, it Mail it in. Mail it in. Mail it in. I can contact uh, Diana here at Erland. And, and uh, she can uh, put you in, uh, in touch with folks that can help you uh, make direct deposits. And uh, uh, if you're at the countryside church, you can go right onto their website. There's ways to be right online there. Well, make sure you get language here. During a pandemic, people are asking questions maybe they've never asked before. They might be in a situation right now that they've never been in before and they're wondering, how in the world did we ever get here? They might be asking questions right now about uh, what's going on in the world. What does the end of it look like? And so right now, for some people, the gospel of Jesus Christ and the hope that is not in this flesh and blood or in the flesh and blood of any other living person that is alive today and our hope for this as it is on a day like today our hope is not here we know that we have been created by a god that cares about us tremendously and he is in heaven and that he has put us here that we might look at the beauty of nature and wonder to ourselves where did it all come from and that would lead us to the the father that is in heaven and that there is a god there that sent his son jesus christ to this place and that even though this world has trouble, and Jesus said it would have trouble, that we can take heart because our hope is in a place that is beyond this world. We need to adjust our attitudes and our habits, that we would be drawn closer to Jesus Christ during this time, and live our lives in a way that other people would look to us and say, how can you keep you calm in something that is like this, and that we to point to Jesus. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, I would just encourage you to live for Him every day and share Him. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, I would encourage you to reach out for leadership in your church and ask, how do I become more engaged in my relationship with Jesus Christ? To all of you that are here this morning, let's close our time in prayer. Father, we ask that uh, in this crazy and difficult and strange and peculiar time, that everything that we would do would simply be a reflection that we are leaning into you more closely, that we would trust you more full, and that we would love you with everything that we are, and we would share you both. I ask a blessing on everyone that partakes in this service, whether it be live or online, um, call them to you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. There'll be commuting time and offering time available in the drive through and you can head that way. Just um, thank you.